0: All right, so the obligatory statement. Do we need to say it? I mean, it's true. I think we just did. <laughs> yeah, you're right. We did. Here yeah, we, we did just say it. Here we are, and I need to figure out it's been so long since we've done this. I got to figure out how to turn my gain down. I feel like I'm yelling into my microphone.
1: Gain? Well, you're always yelling, David. That's your secret.
0: I know. I know. That's, <laughs> <laughs> that's my secret. I'm always yelling. Um well, hey, anyway, so welcome back, uh, Father Jonathan. It's been a while. Yeah,
1: yeah, it's been a very long while. I don't even remember the last time that we <laughs> uploaded an episode. Wasn't it oh, like... Oh, look at that. Another, when the another Joker... obligatory oh, statement. Yeah, that's right. We always say that too. Uh... We always say that as well.
0: <laughs> it, it probably was the Joker, and the Joker came out back in March or something like that. So it's certainly been since COVID. No, that's not true. Did we've do... talked about COVID. Did we? Did we? No, We did talk about COVID. We have talked about COVID. Is COVID still a thing? Um, I think COVID is, uh, yeah, if you want <laughs> it to be. I mean, if that's, <laughs> you know, it's kind of uh-huh. what you think about. <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> now, okay, so I don't want to get too deep into this rabbit hole. But, yeah. boy, I got to tell you, I'm getting some serious COVID fatigue. Um, oh, I know. And it's, it's hard to, like, be where uh, – I don't want to, like – sound like i'm begging for a sympathy here but like it's kind of hard to be where we're at you know because like it's 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 either you're a denier or (laughs) you're in or you're in panic mode right it doesn't seem to be an in-between like and i want to live in that in-between where it's like oh no i believe that there is a virus oh and oh i believe that it is actually a threat yeah but i also don't believe in like panicking right right it's like here's a funny story
1: why don't we just practice good hygiene wash your hands and wear like wear a mask fine whatever but like these aren't that this isn't a big deal like and it just seems like you're you enter into crazy town anytime you you offer like well can we go to a restaurant oh god no god no
0: yeah oh no we're inviting it's tough well anyway Anyway, it's a, it's a rabbit hole and I don't want to go too far into it. Yeah. Um, I just, I think about it a little bit with the guys that I live with just because there is, you know, there are some guys who are vulnerable here and that's, that's a real thing. (laughs) Yeah. And I respect that. Um, but what I struggle with a little bit is that we, okay. So this is where I legitimately struggle is that we do all of the right things when we're out of the house. Everyone wears masks. We have replaceable disposable masks. Everyone takes hand sanitizer. Everyone does social distancing. Everyone is very cautious, which I would think is enough. Like, <laughs> why then do we have to replicate all of this stuff in our house? Yeah, you <laughs> like, shouldn't. You in, shouldn't. <clears> in <throat> our In our house, we don't wear masks, but in our house, we do social distancing. We do uh, repeated hand washing, like within the house. Um, yeah, that's a bit much. I just, I just, I just find that there's something about it that, that just kind of drives me bana- bananas. Uh, I was going to say bonkers. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's weird. That's really weird. Um. Anyway, hey, so just a, a quick update. Where are you? Uh, where are you living? What are you doing? How's life? I am
1: currently in G, Texas, <laughs> out in uh, the middle what? of nowhere.
0: <laughs> <laughs> okay. Uh, Is that where you live now? <laughs> no, normally I live in
1: Houston. In Houston. Hey, Houston. Yes. Uh, that's
0: my stomping grounds. Yeah. Uh,
1: I work at Straight Jesuit now. How about that? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, and it's awesome. I do art. I teach graphic design. And I do, like, Is that school liturgy stuff.
0: <laughs> Very cool. Uh, now, hold on a second. So you, me. you're you there as a full-time teacher, huh? No, part-time. Oh, part-time. Mm-hmm. Part-time. Say more about
1: that. <laughs> uh, well, see what happens when you don't have a full-time job. <laughs> you have what's called a part-time job. <laughs>
0: they And they pay you less. And they pay you mm-hmm. less. <laughs> Now, my mission is
1: to do art as well as teach art so that I can (laughs) possibly, at some point
2: Mm -hmm. in the future, maybe (laughs) apply to an art school. (laughs) All right.
1: Very good. So most of the people that go to art school, like, do that as undergrad
2: uh,
1: in college. Mm -hmm. And so they've already got, like a portfolio built up or at least in the works. Sure. Sure. I really don't have that. So I need to spend a lot of time doing that. Plus yeah, I need to great, like man. practice oil painting. I don't really do a whole mm. lot of oil painting. I like it. It's fun, but I'm not very good at it. But like
0: you I, posted that really cool painting of a dog. The dog <laughs> That's my little sister's dog. <laughs> <laughs>
1: um, oh, that was very enjoyable. Yeah. Uh, and I feel like, well, I mean, there's a lot of benefit to painting in real life rather than on my, my map mm-hmm.
2: uh-huh.
1: Uh But I kind of feel like that would be something good as a digital artist to show in a portfolio that I also have oil right. painting chops.
0: Right. Yeah. No, I hear that. I hear that. That's cool, man. So you've been living in Houston for a bit. You started school already?
1: We started school, yeah. We're like three weeks in. We're just now moving into hybrid mode. So like half, no, like a quarter of the students are going to come onto campus at any, any at any given time. Mm-hmm. And they're split up by <clears throat> group, uh, by group, by grade level. There we go. That's what I'm trying to think of. Split up by grade gotcha. level and by last name, category, like A through L or something mm.
2: uh,
1: is showing sure. up. <clears throat> so which is cool. I mean, it's a good idea, but the problem problems start to arise with anything that you do. Nothing's going to be perfect. OK. But like I've got a class of six, uh, this advanced kind of advanced art class.
2: Mm-hmm. And
1: mm-hmm. the so the, the way they categorize is what is it like freshman. S- freshman juniors show up and sophomore seniors show up in their particular Ooh. in their particular uh, letter bracket.
2: Okay, now, gotcha.
1: My class of six has two seniors and uh the rest are juniors. So and those two seniors are in different letter brackets. <laughs> so I'm gonna have <laughs> a
2: senior <laughs>
1: in my class. Uh, at any one. This seems like a
0: per- this yeah. seems like a perfect example of needing to have an exception to the rule. Exactly. You know? uh, but
1: I mean something like this. It's, it's less about like, I think, and this is just me talking. I have no official anything at the school. I'm not even a full-time teacher. Uh, <laughs> it seems to be less about like the actual education part and more about like, we need to slowly start reintroducing into school life, which I get. Like, mm. okay, that makes sense. You know, cause we're making a lot of changes to the campus. A lot of the outdoor walkways are now one way. Like you can only go. Up the campus on one side, and then down the campus on the other. Um, you know, there's a lot of What's changes. What's up with that? Social distancing, so they're not like crossing each other in the hallway.
2: Uh,
1: yeah. Anyway, I guess. <laughs> you know, yeah, like yeah, I get it. Take it for what it. it is, but like that's I think that's the the goal of the hybrid model. Not so mm-hmm. because mm-hmm. having one student in class and everybody else on Zoom is. I think worse <laughs> than having everybody on totally. Zoom.
0: Totally. Uh, totally.
1: So it's just this weird in between until until we can have you know like half on half off or just everybody back.
0: Sure. Sure. Very good, man. Anyway, well, I'm that's glad to hear thing you, thing. that you're back in a. I'm glad that you're back in like a very active context. I think that you <laughs> were sort of wanting that, you know, to yeah. be back in high school with like a lot more rigor.
1: Yeah. Yeah. yeah that's great.
0: Very. You're cool, back man. in school. I am back in school. Uh, my life America? has changed. They did. My life has changed a bit. So since we probably since our last episode, I became a Catholic priest. What? Uh which is newness. Dope. Um <laughs> But you know, like, I really believe that the priesthood was already in me and it's mm. sort of now. Well you were you know, baptized priest, up. prophet, and king. That's exactly right. Uh I mean I say that a little bit facetiously, but it's partly true, and I think that there's something about the vocation that I've kind of always had, at least in in nascent sort of seed form that now is sort of let let out into a more public way yeah. because i feel like our formation does that like i feel like i've been very priestly for a very long time absolutely um and yeah so i was ordained to the priesthood in uh, st louis you vested me which what? is great and then <laughs> after that i i quickly found myself in spain i decided to not dilly-dally uh-huh. much at all in the you states didn't because things were <laughs> i did not linger that's right because it's against COVID. You can't linger. You're do not, not linger. linger. Do not linger. Uh no, I decided to not linger uh just because I was afraid that the Spanish uh immigration would like change its its you know, change its decision which yeah. was to allow students to travel and I was like I can't risk, you know, sitting on my hands here in in the states and then having the border closed on me. Right. Um and, right. Pl- and plus I had to do quarantine when I got here and all that and plus I had to register for school and all that. Um, so yeah, so I've actually been in Spain for about a month now, um, or a little less than a month. I got ordained about a month ago as we record, and I got here pretty soon thereafter. Um, and it's been great. We started school this past week, and I'll be finishing up my last year of of this degree, and we'll see <laughs> where, where things go. Wait, <laughs> didn't this. you finish your
1: last year of your last degree last year, which was also your first year?
0: I finished one degree in my first year, and I will finish a second degree in my uh-huh. second year. That's true. That's true.
1: So it's, um, I guess it's accurate to say this is your last year of your <laughs> of your next degree.
0: <laughs> this is the last year of my next degree. That's true. it's, but it's also true. the first year um, of your last
1: of your whatever.
0: It's true. It's true. And there's a good chance. I mean, who knows? This may be my You're last degree ever, for all I know. I don't know. I... I would hate to assume what the will of my superiors is. So I need to have a conversation with my What is your desire? Dude, my desire as we're talking is to stay here and do a PhD. Do it. I mean, you
1: can't make that Um, call, obviously, but.
0: Right, right. But it's a desire of mine to stay here and do the doctorate and then then go back home. Make your Um, desires known. One of the things I would love for you to give me some counsel on, uh, maybe not now, but at some point is like is there value in me interrupting studies to be a priest full-time in a, in a pastoral context before coming back and doing my doctorate? Um, Or, you know, the other side of the coin is, well, I'm already in student mode, like finish that, finish that cycle of my life and then, and then go back to province and, you know, and get working, you know?
2: Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah, we can talk about that.
1: There's, there's pluses and minuses to both.
0: Totally. Totally. So anyway, that's where I'm at. Um very cool. anyway, so hey, so let's uh let's pivot here for a second. I you and I spoke the other day and we were thinking about what is the future of this of this conversation. Like mm-hmm. when we have these conversations very informally, like what is it gonna look like in the long run? Yeah. And you and I tossed around a bunch of ideas and one of them I think stuck. One of them stuck because a few of them were good but didn't seem like they're gonna work out practically. Um so i I'm I'm excited to have our first of these kinds of conversations which I think will help just galvanize give us ideas of how to share and talk about what we hope to talk about which is you know anything you <laughs> know but just to have a to- a topic to talk yeah, about yeah. kind of can get us talking you know because i mm-hmm. think we can get kind of stuck with not knowing what to discuss you know just to have some topic um you know to go off of so um so yeah so uh for what it's worth you and i decided to do what this 100 best what did we decide 100 best movies of all time it's like
1: uh, AFI i don't even know who AFI is what
0: is that? It's like the American film industry and so it's like it's like a collection it's like the people who I think basically do the Academy Awards oh. the people who organize the Academy Awards and so they it's like actors and directors and writers is that they still put together him? a list Academy
2: Awards mm-hmm.
0: Well this next year I'm sure there's going to be like one movie on the docket <laughs> which will be you know you know Tenet will be the only thing up for nomination um which I saw by the way Oh yeah was <laughs> it's, it good? And I don't know how to answer that Um, I, I can't really say it's confusing as all sin. It's like, it's one of those movies that really puts a finger on the nerve of time travel where nobody does it well. (laughs) And, and I just, I really struggle when time travel is used as the plot device. Yeah, And this one has a clever way of doing it, but it doesn't do it satisfactorily. I don't think, you know, Um, so
1: speaking of though, I've been watching this show on Netflix called Dark. It's mm-hmm. a German show. It's super weird. And the time mm. travel kinda works. Okay. Like, and it's not, I think because it's not really, I mean, it is about time travel. Okay. But it's also about, like, the paradoxes that time travel inherently creates.
2: Sure, sure.
1: Uh, and so it's, it's kinda of fun that that's, that that's like the focus of the time travel. It's like, what nice, have we done? Nice. <laughs>
0: Yeah, instead of it just being like, look how we got out of this really impossible situation by using a time stone, it's like, how do we. A time stone. (laughs) Like, yeah. (laughs) Like, how do we bring up real problems, you know? Um, Yeah. But anyway, I would recommend going to see Tenet for any other reason, just so that you can get out of the house and go to the movies again.
1: Yeah, I don't know if that's going to be possible.
0: I love going to the movies, and so for me, it was a real treat, and I got to go, and I bought myself the largest popcorn there was, and I ate all of it Ooh, by myself. It was you wonderful. That. You needed that. You deserved that. Um, thank you. Thank you. So anyway, so what was the name of our first pick of the 100 best oh, movies of all time? Well, there needs, to be, there needs to
1: be a preface here. Okay. Yeah. Okay. David. Okay. Okay. Yeah. What's up? So, he, so here's the thing. You know, mm-hmm. as well as I know, as well as everybody out there knows, <laughs> when you have a list of like a hundred uh-huh. whatever, and you say, I want right. to do that, like I want to watch that, I want to, you know, read that. If you start at one and work your way to a hundred, you're going to give up halfway through one. <laughs> <laughs> this is the same problem with, with like saying you're going to read the Bible and you just start with Genesis and like try to exactly, work your yeah. way through it like an actual book. Like it's just not That's gonna it. work. So mm-hmm. so we had the foresight to recognize this and to name that. Mm-hmm. So what we decided, and I think is a good idea, is to randomly generate numbers uh from one to a hundred. <laughs> and just watch that movie, whatever comes up, and if it's a repeat, then we roll the dice again and just pick a number exactly. another number. So and it yes. just so happens Oh my
2: goodness. <laughs> David. Yeah. yeah. Our mm-hmm.
1: first
0: what random it, what number, did it land on? Orange. Oh yeah. Okay. So <sighs> I <laughs> I gotta say right off the bat, right off the you bat, have never seen I this. am real I'd never seen it before. Uh and I'm very glad that we decided to do random number generator because we For what you said, starting at 1 and working your way to 100 would never work. And also working your way down from 100 wouldn't work either. Um, and also, on another level, if I had seen A Clockwork Orange on this list, I would have <laughs> immediately said, I don't want to watch that. Um, and so having the random number generator was great because it forces me oh, to say, God. okay, this is a movie that people say is yeah, important or Which is good crazy to or... me. Yeah, so... Right off the bat, I'm just grateful we decided to do a random number generator just because it gets me to watch something that I otherwise wouldn't watch. And actually, you named it very well for me. You said, "David, you're going to hate this movie." <laughs> and so, it's <laughs> it's actually really great that we did it this way because I don't necessarily hate the movie. Um, so but I have yeah, a lot of ideas what I about came it. Up to. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I Okay, so one last preliminary statement about this. Um, I just got to get this out there, Jonathan. This uh-huh. is not a movie it, like, I have a lot of positive and negative things to say about it. More negative than positive. But I have a lot to say about it, but I don't endorse this. Yeah, same. Like, like
1: I, I don't... So, I don't...
0: Yeah, go ahead. No, it's just weird. Like,
1: and this this may sound like uh, like I'm contradicting myself, but, like, I can kind of see why it's on the list. Like, I'm still thinking about it, and that's a good sign. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. But it's so graphic. <laughs>
0: yeah, like unnecessarily so. Well, you know? but I think, that's, um, well, we'll talk about it. Yeah. But okay. Yeah. I so totally agree. Just, totally
1: agree. Like, this is not an appropriate movie for most people.
0: Yeah. And Maybe I would say anybody, it's probably people. not a, <laughs> for anybody. Yeah. Like, I mean, like I said, film students, for sure. You know, any. I mean, I'm not a censor. I don't believe in censorship, really. But like, I do believe in like appropriate media for appropriate age groups or appropriate groups of people. And like. This is a movie with a lot of overt violence and overt sex and overt overt drug usage, and it's clear that like it's not even just in a. Yeah, it's not. It's not the kind of movie that I could stand up here and say definitively. I would recommend that anybody watch. Yeah. Um, yeah. But that being said, that being said, I am yeah, also a big fan of whisk. like. Yeah, yeah. I'm also a big fan of saying like I. Yeah, I'm. I am a Catholic priest. You're a Catholic priest. We're Catholics in the world. Like we should be able to also engage the culture, you know, and to ask questions of media, you know, that, that is out there. Now that doesn't mean that I go looking for the worst of the worst, but it also (laughs) doesn't mean that I shy away from ugly things. Well,
1: but I mean, to your, somewhat to your point, but also contrary to what you're saying, it's like, if what we preach on Sunday isn't true for the worst, for the worst of us, like in the world mm. of a Clockwork Orange, that it may not be true. So, like, mm. do the things that we hope for, the things that we desire, the things that we love. Does that work at the bottom in the pit?
0: Yeah, no, that's really good. And if you've that's never really been there,
1: well, yep. faithless is he that that abandons his journey when the path darkens.
0: Yeah, man, uh, I get it. Right. I get it. Uh, yeah. Anyway, so, anyway, but so without, I totally
1: agree, we, we, like, do not recommend. <laughs> or at least watch at your, at your own risk. And even continue this conversation okay. at your own risk, perhaps.
0: <laughs> yeah, totally. well, I'm going to avoid being too graphic, um, but I... Yeah, okay, so let's just jump right into it. I have one thing to say preliminarily. Sorry, we're done with preliminaries. I have one thing to say about the movie that I think is important that you've already kind of touched on. So on a meta level, why... why, like. We've talked about this a little bit before. Like, how do you define a movie to be good or bad? Like, that's a very difficult, frustrating conversation to have. Um, which for most people tends to collapse into a consideration of whether or not I was entertained, um, by the movie. And I got to tell you right out of the bat, right off the bat, Jonathan, I was not entertained by this (laughs) movie. Yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. I, I found myself multiple times, like, either pausing it, walking away or picking up (laughs) my phone to like block off something that's on the screen you know with my twitter like just to let it the scene end um i was not entertained like i was very anxious throughout the entire thing in my notes i even asked myself like why am i watching this um i wrote down here like what why am i watching this this is really strange (laughs) um i understand that there's some important things here but yeah i find myself a little bit disturbed i found myself deeply disturbed so like there was not a lot of entertainment so just back to my original point like why would I call this a – would I call this a good movie? And and that is probably the wrong question. Um, what you said earlier, though, matters to me. See, a movie that generally people call to be good, we tend to think about it as a movie that you would want to watch again. Uh-huh. And I think that that's not right. Mm-hmm. I think a good movie is a movie that I find myself thinking about okay, almost against my better intuition, thinking about a lot afterwards um and not just because i was disturbed by it but because it raises good questions yeah um and i think this movie does that in a way that i can understand why it's an important and good movie in that sense because i did find myself thinking about it even now like i find myself thinking about a lot of the things in it yeah. in a way that touches deeper questions and just was it right. fun you know
1: yeah you know and like there there is something i mean like the exorcist was made so that people would be scared back into the into their fate. And <laughs> uh, mm. I like, I kind of get that, you know, I don't know that it's necessarily a good idea or a good tactic, but I kind of get it. Like, and I, mm-hmm. and I, mm-hmm. and I kind of feel like this movie falls into that same category. Like, I think it's right. gruesomeness. It's as they say, that ultra violence is kind of part of it. Like it's supposed to be that way. You're supposed to mm. be revolted by it. Like you as a mm. normal human being had the appropriate reaction to the things that they were doing. Which I think was was yeah. part of the point.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, which is okay. interesting. Like,
1: so, you, you, and and we we kind of became uh, Alex and his treatment, right? We're looking yes. at these these terrible mm-hmm. these terrible yes. things and yes. being revol- like physically becoming physically ill by them.
0: Mm-hmm. <laughs> yep, yep, yep. That's exactly it. I I thought about that too. Like on a meta level, the movie was being for us the aversion therapy that the protagonist was undergoing. Um, and even, I mean, obviously spoiler alert for anybody listening to us and decided to keep going. Um, (laughs) like I, I really appreciated the moment where I saw Alex going through the aversion therapy through film. I immediately clued into that, that even if the author didn't intend for this to happen, it's happening. Yeah. The movie I'm watching a clockwork orange is serving as aversion therapy for me for, you know, gruesome violence or horrendous, uh, behavior and all that kind of stuff. Right. Um, right. And yeah. Right. I'm glad you picked up on that, too. Like, I don't think the author intended that, but it I think it became a huge meta point. for.
1: Well, me it's in interesting. Movie. So this movie is based on a book. And I wonder yes. how that would how that would work in that medium. Mm. Like, would it have the yeah. same or is it even the same type of treatment? I don't know how much they changed for the movie. Uh, ooh, I, didn't, uh, okay. I didn't
2: look into well, that. Uh, I did. I ooh, did. did you? Yeah.
0: Yeah, well, I thought it was I thought it was important for us to look into the movie a little bit after having seen it. Like, I don't like looking into things beforehand, but afterwards, I felt for the sake of this conversation, be good to look into some things. And the movie is basically the same as the book. There's a few changes that happen uh, with some of the characters get gender swapped and some of those things. Um, Now, the therapy, I think, is the same. The biggest change, Jonathan, (laughs) tell me. Is that the book has a chapter at the end where the character reconsiders his life choices and decides to live a better life? Really? Where the movie ends with him basically reverting back to where he was before.
1: Is so, but they kind of left that a little bit ambiguous. I mean, you—they you, were heavily implying it, sure, but they mm-hmm, like mm-hmm. he was starting to act the same.
0: He was starting to act the same. And then in the last words of the movie are, I have certainly been healed, which I think he's referring to being healed from the treatment because he's back to his normal self. Yeah. Yeah. And, and so and like the last vision that he has is of him doing one a nefarious act. And so I think that the movie ends with this very bleak outlook that the 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 protagonist uh-huh. has gone through this entire journey and has ended up right back where he is. Whereas the book has a chapter where it opens the door to conversion. Uh And that's what was missing in this movie was there was no redemption. So it was like,
1: yeah, for sure. For sure. And I, I really dislike when that kind of a thing happens. Uh, but I had this moment and it was at the end, kind of at the end of, I I kind of saw it as, you know, broken, broken, broken up into different parts. Like the whole beginning part where he was, Murdering people was part one. prison was part two. therapy was part three. real life was part four or or whatever po- post therapy was part four anyway
2: uh-huh.
1: when he was when they put him on stage to like show how well their therapy had worked let me yes. let me just go to my notes here and, and tell you what I wrote down uh I was shocked and I said and I highlighted this, and I said, this is not a movie about him. It's mm. about everyone else.
2: That's it. And yes. so,
1: like, I, and it, and it was so weird. I actually paused the movie and, and like, and then, uh yeah, sorry. I paused, paused the movie it? and I almost paused <laughs> my recording here. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh And then just, like, sat there and thought about all the parts leading up to this and saying, you know what? Yeah. It really is about, you know, he's and this. London or wherever ghetto, you know, he Uh lives in the projects. He's, there's just so many bad situations. He's making bad choices. Like everything is broken Uh and he's just kind of like a cog in the machine. Uh Uh Uh, And then he's, I mean, we kind of focus on him, but yeah, I really think that there's, so I wonder if it, if it is a movie about conversion at all. And so I wonder if basically what I'm trying to say is I wonder if I miss that what they changed in the, in the book about the book. Like, does that, does that matter? Does that matter to me? That conversion? Because I don't know that it's a movie about conversion.
0: I see. I see. Okay. But really on reception,
1: like how do people like, and this goes even deeper. So it's not about his own conversion. Perhaps it's about society's conversion. Like how can, how can we, can a person truly be forgiven? For the terrible, terrible things mm. that he's done. Again, which no, which which yeah. tells me that that beginning part had to be as brutal as possible. Because you have to ask yourself that question. Knowing right. that grossness right. that we just saw, literally just saw, can he be forgiven? So this is a movie really about me and my own conversion, not his.
0: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So okay, so there's a few things that you've said that I think are really worth highlighting. One is I think you're absolutely right that the movie isn't really about him. Uh, and I think that's why even Stanley Kubrick, the director, he said when when he read... So the American edition of the book omits that last chapter. And it's the British version that has it, the original version. And the, the American edition of the book omits the last chapter because they didn't really feel like it was true to what the story was getting at. To focus on this kind of like optimistic, hopeful thing for Alex to like... Leave that life behind, and Stanley Kubrick agreed. He said that it was just sort of this fictional accretion add-on to the story that didn't really follow the logic of the story. <laughs> From this the author's to your, your point, <laughs> so Stanley Kubrick isn't the author. Oh, wait, what do you mean? Like Say it again, the author presumably wrote that last chapter.
1: Oh yeah, yeah, and yeah. And so yeah. we're saying and, that and the thing that the author wrote is
2: <laughs>
0: yeah, is it's not true to what he. and Yeah, it's not. It's not. In, yeah, <laughs> that's um, that's a
1: whole other conversation.
0: Yeah. One thing I love about what you said, though, and I think this I was reading some commentaries on it and they were highlighting the same thing, is that one of the reasons this movie is really important to look at is because what it's describing is how and I, and I pick this up a little bit, too, when he, especially when he goes into prison, and he starts doing the therapy. You start seeing how he's being manipulated by political power and yeah. political power yeah. is leveraging science and leveraging the penal system and leveraging the poor to yeah. to to machine political progress. And so he gets batted back and forth between political parties. And so one of the commentaries I was reading was saying something that I kind of highlighted a little bit in my notes, too, is that this movie is showing us something about the relationship between people and the state and how the state can abuse uh, the penal system and science to control for the sake of political power. And so how the state becomes this machine where we become cogs in that machine, not just that he's a cog in the in the in the poverty. But also within the state and the state is a, like we're, we're tending towards a totalitarianism uh, within this kind of dystopian world where Alex is being experimented on for the sake of control. And so like one of the meta points of the whole movie is it comes out on that in that stage scene that you pointed out that I think is key that the, the priest stands up and says something true. Yeah, exactly. he says he says this guy isn't doing good. He's just not doing bad. And not doing bad is not the same thing as doing good because he's not choosing good; he's right. just averse to bad because of your control, and he's not free to choose the good. And so, it got him this wonderful like debate in my head about what does it mean to be morally righteous? It's not about just avoiding evil; right. it's about wanting. It's about <laughs> yeah, wanting the good. good. Exactly. It's not just about avoiding evil; it's about choosing good, and our character. Never chose good. Not a, not he always at all. he al- he always either chose evil or was averse to evil, mm-hmm. which is a step in the right direction, but it's not morally praiseworthy, especially yeah. if it's coming from coercion.
1: Right. I wrote down some. I love that scene with the vicar. I wrote I wrote down some one one of his quotes. He said, "He ceases to be a wrongdoer, okay, but also ceases to be a person capable of moral choice." And uh-huh. the the director, the minister, whatever said, "The program doesn't care." They just want to cut crime.
2: That's it. Yep.
1: Like it's not about morality. Like they think Mm -hmm. that this is how to build a better, a better society by not, I mean, it's a brave new world. Uh, It's
0: exactly it. And so the, the vicar there, surprisingly. Yeah. Surprisingly, he he was kind of a weird
1: character at the beginning.
0: Right. When he had his earlier moment, I really disliked him because of the way that he conceived of hell. Um, And the way he preached about hell was all this, fear mongering, yeah. you know, stay away from evil because you'll be punished for it. And so he too is not entirely on the right path here. Um, is that we we do avoid sin because we're afraid of damnation, but more importantly, as we realize, is because it wounds our relationship with God. Which is what damnation is, right? It's it's yeah. a wounding in a relationship. Right. Um so anyway, so I think it was surprising to see the vicar speaking truth here. Uh, and it's coming from a representative of the church, um, that he is saying, No, this man is no longer a human being because you've turned him into a machine. Yeah. One that will be averse to evil. Um, which is not what we want. Like that's what the state wants. Right. That's not what, what, that's not what God wants, you know?
1: Yeah. No, I totally picked up on, especially at the end, you know, that was just kind of that slimy, uh, moment where the politician was getting what he wanted and, and Mm -hmm. Alex Mm -hmm. thought he was getting what he wanted was, which was just to, you know, goof off. Uh, but, but again, yeah, that was really one of those moments where I noticed that it really wasn't like about Alex, that he was just getting used for this whole thing. Mm-hmm. And then we yeah. look at, you know, it, it is kind of this, I think you're right. And I think the movie does speak very much to political realities, but I think it's similar in our spiritual reality as well. Like they're pitting, they're pitting two evils against each other and wanting you to see the evil of, of the main character of Alex and like say, Oh, well, see he's, he's the problem. Don't look at the man behind the curtain Mm. uh, because it's easy, right? It's easy to point to somebody like him. Who's out there raping and murdering (laughs) and saying, this is the problem because it is part of the problem, but it's only part of the problem.
2: Mm. The
1: evil Mm. spirit doesn't want you to know that he's there and working and moving Mm. and Mm. acting like we have it in our, and I've talked about this many times before. Like we have it in our minds that the devil is this, You know, snidely whiplash character with a thin mustache and red skin and, and devil horns. Like, that's ridiculous. If you saw that, you would laugh or turn your back, like walk away.
2: Mm -hmm. The devil Mm -hmm. doesn't
1: want that. (laughs) He wants you, he wants you. He wants your, your soul. Uh, Mm -hmm. and so he's Mm -hmm. going to come in the guise of the greater evil, which is the one controlling, like, right, building, building the machine. To keep you trapped, yeah, to take away your yeah. choice, to take away your
2: freedom, yeah,
0: yeah, yeah, no, that's it, that's it, so certainly, like yeah, let's well, at no point do I really want to say anything positive about Alex because I find him to be so horrendous,, <laughs> uh, but you're right, like i don't I should not fail to see that the ones pulling the strings behind him, especially in the final act, are clearly the politicians, you know, that they are unmasked for who they are, that the state is showing its true colors, you know, that the state is the one who is machining this, this guy's, you know, uh, rehabilitation. And then eventually his reinsertion into society. Yeah. Uh, it's all being manipulated, you know, by, by competing factions, uh, for power. And so the state, especially one that tends towards totalitarianism is, is unmasked here as manipulating and as, you know, power seeking, uh, evil. Yeah. uh, Ultimately, you know, (laughs) Um, yeah, how to say all that without also like feeling bad for Alex? Like, well, I, I so really that's, that's I, I think that's
1: him. the that's the kicker, right? Because okay, he's a terrible person. Yes, he did horrendous thing. Only getting fourteen years for murdering one. Well, actively murdering one person and 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 uh,
2: uh-huh. Uh-huh.
1: Uh-huh. led to the to the death of a second person. Uh-huh, uh-huh. like 14 years for that seems like he got off light. Maybe yep. it's because of his yep. age. I don't know. But anyway, um that all of that being said, look at the way that he was treated when he got out of prison, like regardless of whether or not he was uh-huh. perfectly contrite or even could, was possible of asking for forgiveness. He
2: uh-huh.
1: got, uh-huh. he got, you know, shunned by his parents he was beat up by that old man, all those old men. He got beat mm-hmm. up by his former friends who, you know, there's all that betrayal before, okay. Yeah. Uh, and then he was taken advantage of by the person that he whose wife he he implicitly killed. Um
2: mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
1: and then taken advantage of by the government. Like that's right, a right,
2: right. he got a bad. You know? And I think that yeah. again, that's part of what I keep thinking about. Like can I,
1: knowing the horror, the horrors that he did, forgive him? This is something I said earlier. Like, I really think that that's part of what it's about. It's more on the viewer. Mm. Like, yeah, you know, and we we yeah. talk we talk about conversion all the time, mm. you know. And I don't I don't know that he he I don't know that he had a conversion, but he certainly wasn't offered any sort of compassion by anybody.
2: Hmm. Hmm. no
0: not at all yeah and i think one of the things that i i want to check within myself is that maybe i don't feel any compassion for him but i probably should feel a little bit of pity and i don't feel any pity for him either like mm. i feel some sometimes i feel a little bit like yeah he needs to get his ass handed to him and he needs <laughs> to get like like at some point even the person who is the most horrendous sinner obviously there's rage in me and obviously there's hate in me or something but And there's disgust, but there should also be pity. You know, like there should be pity that allows for the person to say, "This is a this is a wretched creature." So it reminds me of that line from The Lord of the Rings, where Gandalf says to Frodo that it was that it was pity that stayed Bilbo's hand and not killing Gollum. That Gollum is a wretched creature, but pity stayed his hand because when you see someone who's so contorted by evil and and gnarled by his his villainy, sure, that should get wretched in disgust, and that's good. But also, it should move us to pity, because we see what the person could be in God's glory, and we are saddened by the loss of that glory, you know?
1: Right, yeah, and I mean, like, and again, I keep going back to this, like, every single character in this movie
2: (laughs) was despicable. Like, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. yeah, who is the good Mm. guy? There wasn't one.
0: No, there was not. Um... Okay. So shifting gears really quick, I want to talk about something a little bit different, uh, which I, I wrote down a a few times as kind of a a motif throughout the movie. Um, And it has to do with the kind of reaction you have in the face of evil. Mm -hmm. Um, At one point, at one point, they said to him that the reason that they put him in prison is to, quote, kill the criminal reflex. (laughs) Like, that's the reason that you're in prison is to kill the criminal reflex. And then the reason that they put him through therapy is to create a reflex against uh, violence, one that would cause him to wretch. And so I started thinking about this a lot in terms of the spiritual life and the moral life. How is it that, you know, where they're like, is there an ick factor that you have in the face of evil? Is there something that you feel where you wretch when you see evil um, and wrongdoing is there is there an appropriate reaction that a Christian should have in the face of mm. of ugliness? Should we have a reflex or should we have no reflex? And yeah. I, I wonder about this because because of the way in which like virtue ethics, you think about having the right habit or disposition for the good is a virtue. But the the vices are also like habits or reflexes or dispositions. So like, you know what I mean? So I wonder It's kind of a theme throughout all this is like, what do you instinctively do when you see? bad um alex does bad when he sees bad and he's being taught to do to wretch when he sees bad so what is is there is there something that you could say about your own experience of what of this question as i i saw it kind of as a theme throughout all of it
1: yeah that i mean that is interesting you know and especially the way that you framed it i actually wrote in my notes as well that there seems to be this question uh with alex and the warden and the whole prison system like is this about punishment, or is this about reform? So getting back to our conversation yep. about uh conversion like what mm-hmm, are we are mm-hmm. we just trying to be to be punished for our sins, or are we uh choosing to do good and hoping to amend our lives like change the mm-hmm, way that we mm-hmm. that we live uh and i I hope that you know this helps us to see that you know Alex was just punished, and that led to. Well, nothing. And Uh we were cheering uh him on at times, like, yeah, punish him. Uh He's a terrible person. (laughs) Uh And that's not what, who we are. That's not what we believe as Christians. Uh, you know, and so like, that's something that I keep thinking about. You know, what is, what is the point of all of this? Is it just to, to become that which punishes evil?
2: Uh Uh
1: Or is it going to be something that or am I going to become some something, somebody that promotes conversion, that promotes repentance, that promotes yeah reform?
0: Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I gotta tell you, man, one of my favorite lines in the whole movie. Uh, it's when he's in the chair getting his rehab therapy. Um, it's not fair. And yeah, he does say that. He does say that. Uh, at one point, he speaks of sin. Oh yeah, it's a sin
1: to do this. To Ludwig van.
0: Yeah, that was an incredible line. He said, It's a sin not to do this to him. Like the torture wasn't a sin. He said, It's a sin to use Beethoven Hmm. this way. Hmm. (laughs) And I thought that was an incredible moment of truth. Yeah. It's Uh, one of the truest
1: things of the movie.
0: (laughs) Yeah. And it's like you're using the beauty of Beethoven to contort an individual. Whereas, like, there's a whole commentary there that you can unfold about beauty and how, like, beauty is not meant to torture it's meant to set free and it's being used to torture and so how villainous is it for the state and for the doctors to be turning beauty against the human person which is precisely the the opposite of what beauty should be doing
1: yeah and that happens i mean you look at any of the uh you know especially like in italy and then probably in spain i'm sure you could find some of this uh around where you live like the architecture when you're under an oppressive regime whether it's hmm. communist or socialist or whatever tends to be well kind of what we saw at the beginning of the movie like these government projects these um just bland everything is bland um, yeah and brutal and they yeah they t- they take away anything that's beautiful mm-hmm. and so it was kind of surprising to me i wrote this down a couple of times the music didn't fit at the beginning not because nope, not it was all. like I mean, it was like triumphant while he was out murdering and raping people, which is weird, but it also didn't fit the visual. Like the, the, the auditory didn't fit the visual because it was such a bleak and brutal landscape. And yet we were having this, you know, kind of Renaissance, um, type of a music like Beethoven. Um, yeah, yeah, like yeah. it's not, that's not decadent, whereas the music is. Um, mm. uh, sure. And sure. I feel like a it's lot a contrast, of contrast. Yeah and what his point was it's a sin to take all of that stuff away from us from anybody and mm. look at how it's it's viewed for even today i i'm still amazed by this that people see you know museums or classical i'm not the biggest classical classical music fan but like people see it as highbrow like nonsense like it's just for mm. for the rich for the elite like the the right. normal the normal human being the normal person can't possibly like something like the symphony or the opera, because that's just, you know, Highbrow. bougie. Yeah. Mm-hmm, uh, mm-hmm. And so today, I mean, to this day, it, it that idea persists and it is a sin that we've used it in such a way.
0: <laughs> exactly. No, totally. Totally. Um, I have one other thing I wanted to mention to you uh, that was in my notes for sure that um, I just didn't want us to leave without talking about. Uh, is the title of this movie? Do you know why it's called a Clockwork Orange? Not at all. <laughs> so I was so confused by I think that I title. Heard
1: this once, why it was named that, but I don't remember what it is.
0: So it, it apparently is like a uh, the the author of the book heard this in in London. You know, Cockney is a special dialect in in parts of London, and he heard this Cockney phrase, which was as queer as a Clockwork Orange, <laughs> um, and. It helped me when he said that to understand that orange in the title is not an adjective. It's a noun. Uh-huh. Um, and so it's it's setting up the contrast between a fleshy, uh-huh. earthy, living thing, an orange. And a machine. And, and a machine. Yeah. And how Alex is turned into a machine uh-huh. Uh-huh. over the course of the movie. Uh, and how there's the, the, the contrast between humanity and machinery. And in the movie, between Alex and his reflexes and what's being done to him, but then the state and the humans and the individuals, how there's this contrast always between the organic, the living, and the machine, the dry, the cold uh, clockwork, you know? And so it's setting up that contrast. And so the reason I mention it as an important detail is because one of the things that I was thinking about a lot was how this – there's a line at the end of the movie that is really important – Which is when he's in the author's house, he described his wife's death as a modern death, Uh or like she she suffered from a modern ill or something like that. Yeah, yeah, a victim of the modern age. A victim of the modern age.
1: I wrote that down. Um,
0: Which is his way of saying that she killed herself. And then he he also Alex was going to become a victim of the modern age. He was going to commit suicide. Um, And I think this movie is also a big commentary on. The like the aftermath of the modern age, Mm -hmm. like post World War II, like all of the angst and the angst existentialism and all of the like the horrors of World War One, the horrors of World War Two, and we're left with this vacuum of existence. Where what's the purpose of being alive? What's the point of being human? And this movie presents this is the aftermath. This is what you have. You have someone like Alex. Who is basically defining human existence for himself. Yeah. Because in the absence, in the void of a humanism, you have nothing but debauchery and you have nothing but this kind of, you know, reckless violence because all we're left with this is angst, this anxiety <laughs> about being alive. And I think it's very telling this movie was made in the 70s. Like, this is a very, yeah, yeah this yeah, is yeah, yeah. what our life in a post World War II world was like, is that people didn't really. Have any any recourse, to anything you know, to define human yeah. existence other than the state? The state was it, well, and so this movie sets up the state as the foil to humanity.
1: And I mean, like, I couldn't help but think of today, like our modern, whatever you call what's going on in our culture. I mean, okay, maybe this is more about American culture. I can't speak of what's happening in Spain, but like, I don't know, is this that far off from <laughs> from where we are? Mm. I don't
0: know. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. know. So you used the word renaissance earlier to describe the music. And it's an important word to maybe think about how Alex is in a society, in a post sort of dystopian society um, where there is need of a rebirth and a renewal of culture, a renewal of humanity, because in the void of culture, in the absence of humanity, all you're left with is despair and violence. Mm-hmm. Like even like the only art in the whole movie was was graphic. Uh the only artist in the movie was a political author um you know who would write subversive political literature. Yeah. Like there's no beauty for the sake of beauty in this. There's yeah. no humanity in it.
1: Well the author too. I wrote after he was talking about being or his wife being the victim of the modern age. I mean we just saw him kind of wretch at the idea, both of the government and of this, of Alex, of this, of this guy. Mm. And so I yeah. was, I was wondering who he actually hated more.
2: I couldn't tell. Like the state or Alex? Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. Like, I, I mean, know. he clearly used Alex to his own political
1: end. Right. Um, right. Instead of his own personal revenge.
0: Right, right. He could have just killed Alex, you know, yeah. and I mean he, tra- he tried to. he tried to
1: he tried to do them both. But it didn't mm-hmm. work. <laughs> mm-hmm.
0: Right, right. Yeah, so anyway, so yeah, I think there's there's something very telling about this story in its timeliness for certainly when it was yeah. made, but I think your point is well taken now like is there a crisis of culture where maybe the question is, like, how do we define our humanity, you know, in the absence of a monolithic religion, in the absence of a monolithic culture, which we've never had. But like in the absence of those things, where do we go to to define our, Oof, our humanity, yeah. you know, is it the state? And I think that perhaps in an American context, you see that very clearly is that we very much grasp at politics, to define our individual mm-hmm. human identity, mm-hmm. you know. Um, yeah our politics is is what
1: grants us rights which is ridiculous
0: (laughs) yeah and this is why you see a lot of catholics appealing to the benedict option it's like get away from all that let's just read retreat it's like well no that's not really necessarily what we need to be doing anyway i think there's a really good question here that the movie operates within a vacuum and the vacuum is one that's devoid of culture yeah there's no culture in the movie you know and and all you're left with is violence and power Mm -hmm. that's all you get and
1: I mean, probably the the word that I wrote most in my notes over and over again was gross. <laughs> this is
0: gross Yes. This is gross. It is hard to watch. It is disturbing. It is repulsive. Yeah. I mean but, I would be interested to like go ahead.
1: No, I was just gonna say, it's all of those things. And I I I think and I and I hope, I do hope, that the point of the hopelessness <laughs> of this of this movie shows that we need to fight against this like this is something that we cannot allow to happen in the real
2: world
0: yeah totally totally um well good so hey so i i wonder too if like like as we're talking i'm wondering like did i actually like this movie (laughs) right (laughs) um because it's just one of those things where it's like i think it's a good movie and i'm glad it's on this list just because clearly like as a cinematic feat I think it's a really well done movie. Like the yeah. cinematography acting is brilliant. Like it's like there's iconic scenes. Um, but it is just so not worth watching twice. Like well, it's, but it's a lot not. of
1: movies are like that. Like, you know, Schindler's List. <laughs> not a movie you're going to mm-hmm. want to watch more than once. It's probably on our list. Right. So we will. But
2: <laughs> mm-hmm. um, yeah. like, yeah, yeah
1: there, there are other movies like that. You know, they're so mm-hmm. powerful. They move you so much. But you still wouldn't want to watch right. them again. Right.
2: So yeah, right. and I don't oh,
1: know, maybe yeah. this is in that same category, just in a different type of a, a different type of a
2: way.
0: Right. Yeah. So I guess like part of what needs to develop for me is I, I need to stop asking, did I like it or was it good? Because those are hard for me to answer with a movie like this. Um, is it important? Does it speak truth? Does it point out something real? Does it yeah. um, illuminate something about reality and human existence that... Gives me pause well, and causes me to think, and and the answer yeah, is yeah, yes yeah. to all those, you know. Yeah,
1: well, and I don't want to belabor the point. You know, if we got to go, we got to go. But like one of the cr- criticisms of a movie like this, and of really any violent movie or war movie or whatever, is that its mm-hmm. its goal is to desensitize.
2: Oh yeah. yeah so yeah.
1: we watch these, so we won't have that wretch that wretchedness that wretched feeling. Mm-hmm. Uh, which I think is wrong, but a lot of people have that opinion of, of things like this. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, it's mm-hmm. so, you know, cause I made the point to some of the guys in the car yesterday. Like, n- there is no point where,
2: where sex is seen as good. In this movie? Yeah. There's really mm. no, like, like there's you no said,
1: love. there's no beauty. Yeah. There's no, there's no mm-hmm. beauty for the sake of beauty. There's no, there's nothing. Right, right. And and one of the guys said, you know, that's kind of a shame that they've, you've just become so desensitized to that. And it's like, well. Wait, what do they mean? Well, yeah. So as even as I say it, I'm, I'm giving myself pause <laughs> because I so don't, here, you, I don't want to be, I don't want to think that those are, are examples of people loving. And I don't think that's what he meant. I've just become no, desensitized it's not, to it's, it.
0: No, yeah. Um, so I, so this, this movie, I think your point is well taken can be seen in a way where you're letting yourself be desensitized to violence and to uh, sex. Now, truthfully, this movie is not one of those movies because I saw every one of those scenes and was myself retching. Like I was finding myself deeply disturbed. Now, there are plenty of other movies that are not as significant movies that do desensitize to violence and do desensitize (laughs) to sex precisely because they make them these very ordinary... like. pleasurable things like yeah. nothing in this movie made sex look pleasurable yeah. nothing in this movie made violence look enjoyable like it was always yeah, so, ugly and always even like even i though, left this movie <laughs> not desensitized but if anything more sensitized i found right. myself yeah, yeah yeah not not wanting think, to take these things lightly
1: i think that's that's i think that's a lot of truth there you know like even though there was pretty graphic nudity throughout <laughs> it was not pornographic in the sense that it made me wretch at the idea of that. (laughs) And that's not Mm. the goal of pornography.
2: Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. It wants you to be consumed by it.
0: Right. Right. No. Yeah. I mean, you can put this movie side by side with anything that comes out in the cinema now. And the sex scenes are usually just gratuitous. Yeah. The violence is just gratuitous. None of this was gratuitous. I felt like at the end, what the author was trying to do was through that, Make me have a reaction. This is kind of where you started. Is that like I found myself just like Alex having a reaction to those things yeah. in a way where I found none of it enjoyable. This is why yeah. I said like I didn't. It was not entertaining. You know. Yeah. Um. Good man. Well, what, you have any final uh,
2: thoughts?
0: I think this was forty-six on our 46? list, but the like, list evolved.
1: Yeah, this is we're twice, like. What is it like? We're looking at everything post the year two thousand or pre two thousand.
0: Pre nineteen ninety eight, I think, is what oh, it is, or something like that. Oh. Yeah. So Well no, that's not that's not right. There's like there's two different lists, and the list that we're looking at is one of the two. One of them is ninety-eight and before, uh-huh. and the other one was updated for like two thousand and eight uh-huh. and before.
1: We'll link we'll link to the uh to the list in the show notes.
0: Yeah. So, so we'll does admit, it like come so. down?
1: Like is one the best? One is the
0: best, yeah. And it's always the same lists. movie. So
1: this is like ha- midway. Like this was a yeah, yeah. medium best movie <laughs> of all time. <laughs>
0: Yeah, of all time, this is like number, number, yeah, right in the middle. Interesting. Interesting. All right. Which I could see that. I could see that.
1: I can kind of see that too. I understand, like, I was really hesitant. I was even thinking about calling you and saying, we need to change our movies. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, But I'm glad that I watched it, truthfully. Truthfully.
0: Yeah. Uh, And I'm also glad that we got to talk about it because it helps me to not just obsess about. The movie because it's, yeah. it lingers. It lingers. Well, right?
1: and this is our fight against scruples. Like
0: mm-hmm. we need to be
1: able to bring yeah. them into the light. Like if they just stay deep down in your own self, well then, yeah, we're going to be consumed by them. It's just going to consume us. But if we, mm-hmm. if we bring them into the light, talk about them with a friend or confess that, you know, this is what we, what mm-hmm. we do. And this is how we, Change and reform. Going back to our point of the movie.
0: (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. Very good, man. All right. Well, next time we will have another one. Uh, Not sure what it will be yet. We got to do a little. Got to choose a little little thing there. We got to choose. All right, buddy. Till next time, then. All righty. All right, man. Peace out. Peace.